Hi, I'm Tyler and welcome to Kiss Life. Kiss Life. Let's talk about knife crimes. Knife crimes reached a record high across England and Wales. More than 43,000 offences were reported to the police in the last year. In this podcast, we team up with the Prince's Trust to investigate the reasons why it's happening and shine a light on the devastating impact it's having on the families left behind. Kiss reporter Georgie Prodromo has been investigating this for us in North London, where she met a lad called MK. As a young kid, you do not have the strength as big people. You don't know who's who and you don't know who he's related to. And it's different now. Back in the days, they'll just try and aim for your leg and stuff. Now they're stabbing people in chests next to their heart. When you carried that knife, where did you get it from? Just got it from the kitchen, to be honest. So in the kitchen, I thought, yeah, I'm not trying to die for no reason. I'm not trying to die. If I know he's going to kill me, I need to stab him first so I can run away. MK was 12 when he started carrying a knife. Ten years ago, his words would have shocked most people, but today he's just one of hundreds of young people across the country who felt the need to pick up a blade. My name is Farron Alex Paul, a.k.a. Faz. I run Faz Amnesty and I take knives off of the youngest for JD Sports vouchers. We met up with Farron in East London. He goes all over the country collecting knives. Um, we just went to JD Sports to get a voucher for the younger man. Now we're going to go back to the cars and go meet him, take the knives off him and give him his voucher. What were you going to have in your thing? Just attracting the room in. There's your voucher, bro. But one thing you've done, you've eliminated yourself getting into any trouble holding this, innit? It's so key because if I just dash the knife, it could be picked up in use as a weapon, a murder. I don't have no reason to be carrying knives no more. I'm just trying to change. Back at Farron's house, he shows us 57 knives and swords, all collected in the last couple of months. This is called a zombie killer, right? So it's got a string on it, where you can put your hand through it, so you never lose it if you're swinging it, right? Then it's got serrated edges and holes. It's sharp on each end, and it's made for killing and slicing. If somebody is that evil enough to push this into someone that far, on the way out, that's going to be a big problem. These knives are coming, they get delivered to your house. I mean, why would you allow anyone in, in London to buy stuff like this? Like, what use? Would you have for something like this? My mum phoned me ever since she searched her son's room and she found this underneath the mattress. She, she couldn't sleep. And because this is so big, she brought it down in a sports bag. But these are the kind of things that you're allowed to store in your house and it's not illegal. I just feel like I'm trying to fill a sink without a plug. I'm sure that a lot more is coming into the community than I can possibly take at a time, you know? So, yeah, it's a, it's a battle. Kiss Live. Just last month, MPs warned youth violence is now a national emergency. The most painful, physical thing that I've ever endured was my mother's cry when my brother was murdered. Even, you know, leaving out dinner plates for him and just realising he's not there. We're used to having him there with us, he's not there now. It went straight through his heart and it was practically instantaneous. You relive it over and over. It's just the most horrific thing that you can ever go through. Kiss Life. Jaden was a typical 14-year-old lad that liked football, computer games, had a real passion for riding bikes. He learned how to dismantle a bike and then pull it all back together again. At 14 years old, Jaden Moody became the youngest person to lose his life to knife crime so far this year. There's times the children have come out of school and I see a young lad with the same haircut as Jaden and I think for a moment, for a split second, there's, that might be Jaden, only to realise that it's not Jaden. Um, played such a big role in all of our lives. 
the way that he had such a big personality but such a little body and made such an impact on making ones and ones feel very special he just had a way of doing that that was my son my baby son how do i live without him it's impossible his mum jada and auntie tesfa spoke exclusively to kiss with the hope that sharing their story can help make a difference. Going to the scene, seeing the police take there, I would have to create a new word to put in a dictionary for the pain and how this feels. Everyone needs to remember he was 14 years old. 14. Now his mate's got to go to school and there's an empty chair where Jaden would have sat. People are getting desensitised to this, what's going on. So what is it going to take? He was 14. He was a 14-year-old little boy. Is it going to be a 10-year-old? Is it going to be a 5-year-old that gets stabbed to death next in a horrific way? These are children, little innocent children. Well, shockingly, we've been told that 5-year-olds are actually among the victims that have been shot and stabbed this year. Kiss life. We caught up with Martin Griffiths, one of the top trauma surgeons in the world, and he showed us a picture of a boy lying in the street after being stabbed, surrounded by his own blood, and it was a, a picture that asked a thousand questions. He spoke to us on a busy ward at the Royal London Hospital and Martin told us how it makes him feel. This is how life ends for these young boys and girls. On your own, in a corner, naked, in dirt, with your friends running. It's not glamorous. It's not fun. It's not sexy. Your boys aren't there for you. It's just you, the knife, okay, and who's going to help you? And these guys don't ask for their friends. They ask for their mum. Every single time. And all this big man talk disappears. It's all about, am I going to die? Where's my mum? When you see it happen, it's hard when you see a young person you know is going to do badly. And they look at you and they ask you, am I going to be okay? And they ask you, am I going to die? Martin treats two stabbing victims every day and says that they're getting younger and coming into the hospital with more injuries. Where they used to have just one or two stab wounds, they're now coming in with 10 or 15, which indicates they're being attacked by big groups of people instead of a one-on-one. This is him at the care home. Um, He's in his wheelchair. You can see he's got a napkin on there. This is because he's got a cataract in his throat. Helps with his breathing. Patrick Boyce is the dad of Jamel. Because of the drugs... Everything has been blown up, he's on steroids. Uh, it looks nothing like my son. He's very limited to what you can do. He can't really move. He can't talk. His sight is virtually non-existent. He has to be fed via a tube, has to urinate for a catharist. To see him like that, when you have time to visit him, you see him in that condition, it just brings it all back every time. At 17, Jamel was stabbed by his own friend during an argument in Clapham. He's now paralysed and needs 24-hour care. He was stabbed in his leg and in his heart. The arms guy cut open his chest, sewed up his heart and massaged it to get him back to life. He could have died that day. He could have died that day. Sometimes I think, you know, maybe it, it would have been better. Maybe he would have been at peace now. Maybe I could have come to terms with that. Um, where he is now, I can't come to terms with it. He's in pain, he's he's on medication, so much medication that he he's half asleep all day. He's He has no life. There's nothing there that resembles Jamel. Mm. I still love him. He's, he's what I've got. Despite Patrick being left with a life sentence without his son, he says the people behind these attacks are not getting the punishments that their actions deserve. 
and they see it all as a game. I mean, I grew up in Battersea, but I could go to East London, North London, West London. There was no problem of me travelling across any borders. And now for them, it's, you know, even to go say, from Brixton to Camberwell, that's an issue. And you've got children who've got to carry knives because they might not be in a gang, but they know that there's beef between Camberwell and Brixton or whatever. And if they go to Camberwell, they're likely to be stabbed just because they've come from a certain area. That is the problem. Kiss life. The young ones don't know the value of their life no more. That's the reality of it. Like, a lot of people are here killing now. A lot of people get put in situations where they don't have a choice, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'll kill you if you don't do so-and-so. Tino Kamau's a drill rapper from West London. He was stabbed in the past year and admits he often wears a stab vest. I didn't even feel much. I just saw blood squirting everywhere. And I looked at the dude in his face. He got me, I don't know, near my kidney, whatever, a couple times. That five seconds where I just looked at him and then I see him run off. Like, he just ran out into the road. He didn't even see where he was going. He could have got licked down by a bus, anything. Research by the Prince's Trust found two in three young people think having positive role models would help reduce violent crime. Tino reckons cuts to youth clubs are a major part of the problem. You're dealt certain cards, so you can turn it around, but it's just twice as hard. So you're going to look up to your local drug dealer because he's got money and stuff and you don't want to wear beat-up shoes to school. Everything costs me, coming from a single mother, a home where you can't have everything you want, you're going to be like, OK, cool, how can I get this myself? Well, the Met Police are trying to move young people onto the right path by offering support once they've been arrested. Kisses reporter Georgie Prodromo went to see how it's working. That's the sound of the police officer shutting the door, locking me into this empty cell here in Brixton. There's a bolt on the door. It's clinical in here, dark and cramped with just a bed, a sink and a toilet in the corner. I've only been in here a few minutes and wouldn't want to be here any longer. Now, this is where a young person will spend several hours after they've been arrested. Dixon's just come out of custody after he was caught with a blade. First time I've ever been caught with a knife, first time I've ever been in trouble with a knife. I've never associated myself with a knife before. It's only just one time, literally. The one time I did take it out, I got nicked. In a way, are you almost glad you got caught? I'm happy I got caught because I'll never roll with a knife again. After this, like, I don't see why I should sit in a prison cell for three days because of a knife, so I'm never going to do it again. To me, three days is a lot of time. That's a lot of hours in that cell. That's a lot of head thinking. Can't do it again. Well, I spoke to him and another young person, Chase, who've both been helped by Divert, where they're given opportunities after coming out of custody. Passed my CSS test and I'm actually getting back into work. People like that who go and commit a lot of crime think there's no one out there to help them. So when you get in the police cell and you've got someone in there trying to help you, it's a big thing, isn't it? I've been out since Monday. Tom has stopped contacting me about work. He's also told me about construction placements I can go to. I've actually got a job. I've got a nine to five. I have no need to actually go on the road and go do anything else. I used to be right outside my mum's house doing nothing. As the Divert scheme shows, it is possible to break out of the cycle of knife crime, whatever your background and circumstances. Gideon was at uni when he got caught up in a knife attack, but he told me how, with the help from the Prince's Trust, he learned to use his story to help others. I got left with 14 stab wounds. Everyone ran. It was an inch away from my organs, literally an inch. Throughout this whole journey, throughout this whole process from then till now, what's been the lowest point? After I got stabbed because I was at university yeah. and now I can't go back, now I can't study. I'm depressed and I had to learn how to walk again. My mum had to bath me as a, yeah. as a young man because they stabbed me on my bum as well. They had to go and see my scars, it was embarrassing. It was like, I felt low. Without the Prince's Trust, how different would life be for you right now? 
I don't know, I got a mentor who just helped turn my life around. She helped me gain confidence in myself and said, the road doesn't end here. You need someone that can guide you. You need someone that you can speak to. You need someone that's going to listen to you and not judge you. It's just about talking, that's it. Showing that you care for young people, that's what it is. Every time I speak to young people, they tell me things that they'll never tell their parents straight away. Why? Because they can relate to what mm -hmm. I'm saying. Now, it's a blessing that like, people like me and you can find positive role models in our lives. But there's yeah. a lot of young people out there that don't necessarily have that. So if they're listening in now, what would your advice be? Like, just top lines advice. There's so much support out there, especially the Prince's Trust. Their doors are always open. So the question we need to ask is, how do we tackle this? The new Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, is promising thousands of new police officers, but can we do more to help people stay on the right path? We have to solve it in the communities, in the schools. We have to have opportunities for these young men to put that energy in something where they can make a living. I think the schools need to get more support so that they're not excluding them. Offer a mentor or other services that can come in. Give the youth more opportunity to excel. We just have to give these children the right tools the right people for them to look up to to make better decisions. Yes. Kiss Life is a production from Kiss and Bauer Media.